Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Spartan Red Zone here on WDBM. I'm your host, Matt Merrifield. Join alongside only a portion of the football beat here at Impact, Jada Coster, JDC, here in the studio with me. We're missing Zach Slowick this afternoon here on this beautiful Friday as he's downriver covering high school football tonight. So sad he isn't here. That's so devastating. It's devastating. Like a Friday night in East Lansing, and oh, Zach Slowick, he, he won't be here. That's just. There's a certain establishment. There's a certain establishment. Homecoming weekend. It's just it, it can't. It's homecoming. How can yeah. he not be here? It's a certain establishment that he will be <laughs> severely missed at tonight. Um, they serve great Greek food. No, they, no free they ads. Really do, yeah. Um, but anyway, so Zach, we missed you. We have your picks ready for the pick 'em. You sent them in early, so you won't be behind in any of that. Uh, so it's just me and JDC riding. I'm just chilling. Just the you know? two teamer. Talk some football. Yeah, just running some duos out here. On uh, SRZ, <laughs> yes, uh, we got a lot to get through. Um, last weekend, kind of a disaster. Uh, not great. Not I'll great. Just, I'll just say that. Um, we'll get into that. We have an update in the Mel Tucker situation. Um, pretty much that. We should have too many more updates coming out of that. Hopefully, yeah. uh, obviously, Jay wrote a nice article about that. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, the Terrapins, Maryland, comes into town for this homecoming game this weekend. Big Ten opener for the Spartans. Um, we'll go over. What happened right. at Spartan Stadium at 5 o'clock last week, Saturday, even though I'd prefer to forget. Uh, and then big week around the country. Six top 25 matchups around the country. A Mich- loaded slate. Loaded slate, especially the 330 slate when Michigan State kicks off. Um, and then obviously we'll get into the Pick'em presented by the Merrifield Sportsbook. <laughs> we'll update to how we're going to operate that, but we'll get into that at the end of the show. But first, the Mel Tucker situation. Uh, the new update uh, is that Michigan State announced... Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday of this week, that they intend to fire Mel Tucker with cause. Um, I mean, we kind of saw the writing on the wall, writing yeah, on the wall with this. Happen, uh, yeah. Brett McMurphy, uh, when during the when the situation broke back on September 10th, he actually had tweeted out saying that he had been fired, but it was, mm-hmm. he'd only been suspended without pay. Um, he just jumped the gun a little bit early on that one, and I think we all kind of saw the writing on the wall that Mel Tucker had coached his last game on the sideline for Michigan State. Um, so obviously we'll still have updates because I'm sure the situation for as messy as it's been isn't going to get any cleaner going forward. I, so we'll try and keep you guys updated as everything goes along. Jay, you've done a great job covering all this. You and AJ mm-hmm. uh, pumping out articles. So if you want to see Jay's uh, drop from when that happened, it's on WDBM uh, on our website. Uh, so yeah, uh, any early candidates to be hired in the offseason? I don't think Harlan Barnett is going to be the future no, head coach, I, I especially after the so way either. team played on Saturday. Uh, Jay, just you know, off the top of your head, who do you see being the next Spartan head see, coach? I mean, I'm a big Brian Harline guy, oh, as you know, it. and you hate it. Brian Harline, uh, the offensive coordinator slash wide receiver coach at Ohio State. Look, I mean, they they recruit wide receivers really well there. You saw with Marvin Harrison Jr., you've seen it with Chris Olave. And uh, you stop rolling your I, eyes. I wouldn't hate it, but no, like, yeah, I, like I understand. you know the joke about Ryan Day being born on third base? Brian Hartline might have been born at home. Like, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, I mean, he's a good coach. He does a great job recruiting, but it's pretty easy when you have the track record of Ohio State, right. when you have the resources of Ohio State. Um, and just, I mean, wide receiver for me is not a position of you can recruit three-star, four-star wide receivers and still turn them into elite talents. Keon Coleman was a three-star wide receiver coming right. out of high school, and obviously he's a freak athlete. So you don't have to go out and sign... Marvin Harrison Jr. every time, every year. Right. But I wouldn't hate it. There are worse candidates out there. Uh, my top guy would either be Jonathan Smith, the head coach at Oregon State. He's done a great, job, a great at, job at yeah. a program that doesn't doesn't, uh, just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't have a history of good football. Uh, you will, as 
along those lines. You have Mike Elko at Duke doing a pretty good job. He's only been there for a couple of years. I so. also said Mike Elko. I mean, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I mean, look, you beat. Cle- I know Clemson isn't very good this year, but you beat them. I think if they beat Notre Dame, I, I mean, bring Mike they, they, Elko to my, East Lansing. My only concern about Elko is he's been at Duke for a very short right, period of time, yeah. so we don't know it how risky. how he builds a program. Jonathan Smith has been at Oregon State, I believe, since 2019. So he's starting to really show that he can build a program. And uh, Michigan State is definitely an easier program to build something at. Right. Uh, better football history. Michigan State's easily a top 25, top 30 program yes. historically. Yes. Um, so I, my last one would be I'd like to see Chris Kleiman from Kansas State. Mm-hmm. They've been really he's good the last really couple, good job there. couple they years. Won the Big 12. Uh, he's got a great track record. He was the head coach at North Dakota State starting mm-hmm. in 2014 to like 2019, 2020. Um Won a couple national championships there. Obviously, North Coast State is the program at the FCS level. So we know he knows how to build winners. So there's some good options. I think Michigan State, I'm excited to see who Michigan State goes with. Uh, obviously, this probably won't be announced until right. December, maybe January, depending on if Michigan State makes a bowl game. Maybe this future head coach coaches in that bowl game. Maybe not. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, so let's... A couple other things. Uh, Lance Leopold, I do like him from Kansas. I think, you know... Look, they hired Les Miles. That was a disaster. They bring in Leopold, and you know, Kansas they, might be a football school. They might be a football really. school. I mean, they are better. Um, I, I, you know, they they crushed Illinois last last weekend, which was pretty impressive. But, um, and then, I I don't know. This is never going to happen. I would not. I also don't want this. But I saw PJ Fleck was in the consideration. Uh, I'm hard pass. I'm I, I I'll, I'll pass on PJ Fleck. Cool guy. Nice guy. Stand up guy. Roll the boat and he's Lansing. I don't really roll the boat it. in the deep end. If <laughs> if yeah, I if there's a team whose offense looked worse than Michigan State's last week, it might have been. I don't even know what Minnesota's offense looked like last week. But Ethan Calgamanakis and that offense is awful. And but we'll get into that. Michigan yeah. State goes to Minnesota in a couple weeks. We'll be there. More on that later. Um, so yeah, let's. Uh, we've been a, doing a good job avoiding it, Jay. But now we just gotta kind of face it head on. Last week, get through it. we got to get through it, you know, uh, for better or for worse. Last weekend, last Saturday, Michigan State hosted number eight Washington, and the Huskies walked in and kind of just, I, I don't know a good way to put it. I mean, I mean we don't have just... to follow FCC guidelines on these podcasts, but I'd prefer to keep it clean, keep it PG. I can't swear on this, but I really want to. You, you it... can swear. You are allowed right, to. Well, I mean, I would love to drop some, some F-bombs right now, but... Now, bottom line, uh, Michael Penix, I mean, he's a Heisman candidate. I mean, he showed that on yeah. Saturday. And I know the defense, the defense obviously has not progressed at all. Yeah. Like uh, the last three years. They're just looking at the same old Washburn stuff. Uh, Michael Penix, 473 yards, four touchdowns. Um, Roma Duze, that guy's a first round pick. Oh. Uh, Jalen Polk's only a sophomore. He's looked the part yeah. for them the last couple of years. Yeah. The, he also loves to torch the Spartans. So. Yeah. 41 to 7, Washington yeah. won that one. They were up 35 to nothing at right. halftime. Uh, they pulled Michael Penix halfway through the third quarter uh, when it was 41 to nothing. So Michigan State was able to... Uh, Katen Hauser led Michigan State on a 99-yard drive in the fourth quarter to salvage something, I guess. Uh, rough day for the Spartans, to say the least. Obviously, like you said, Michael Penix, 27 for 35 for 473 and four scores. Noah Kim, rough day, 12 for 31 for 136 through... Had no touchdowns, had his first interception in his entire career. 
uh, was sacked two times. It felt like every play he was under pressure. Was. The uh, offensive line did not have the, the, off, the offensive line struggled mightily. Uh, Washington, I think the most impressive part about the Huskies was their run game. They had uh, Tybo Rogers, who came in in the second half. They really ran the ball. They didn't try and put up big numbers in the second half on Michigan State. He had 15 for 75, or 74, excuse me. Uh, Dylan Johnson, their lead back, 8 for 71. Richard Newton had 29 yards on the ground. They ran for 185 yards as a team. They're not even a team that runs the ball. I believe they're averaging like 90 yards a game on the all ground. Do, the first all, two. all they do is air it out. And and so, and it's too easy. It, it was shocking because the two teams Washington had played before Michigan State were Tulsa and Boise, like two teams they could easily go around and push around if they wanted to. Right. But they went decided to push around Michigan State, which is just obviously it was a tough week last week. Just it was really hard to watch, right. especially that first half. Uh, Nathan Carter. Finished the day 17 for 48. He was, I, I thought he looked good considering how little space he had to run. He showed some bl- glimpses. Had, I think, one drop out of the backfield. Right. Um, the receiver room, I mean, Christian Fitzpatrick had a nice 61-yard catch. Terry Foster, 50 yards. Malik Carr, 3 for 30. I mean, it just, they, they, like you said, uh, Noah Kim just didn't have a lot of time to pass. It, he he really didn't. And he looked, even when he did, everything was off his back foot. He could definitely yeah. see he would like, got... He got shaken up, and he got, you know, his confidence was shaken early yeah. in that game, and he never recovered. Um, yeah, like you said, Romo Dunze, 8 for 180. Jalen Polk, 5 for 118. Jalen McMillan, 4 for 96. Those guys are all yeah, studs. I mean, they're all I over mean, six foot one and 200 pounds, and they all run 4 four forty. So, like, they are studs. Uh, Jack Westover, the tight end, had three touchdown catches. Um, mm-hmm. So he had a great day as well. To make it even worse, Jeremy Bernard had the first touchdown of the game. Yeah, former Spartan Jeremy Bernard scored the first touchdown of the game. I mean, to say the least, it was rough. It was. I mean, um, look, Washington's a really good team. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they win the Pac-12 this year. They have a great offense. A little suspect of a defense, but that didn't even matter. Um, I want to go back to that Noah Kim. Uh, Noah, that Noah Kim interception, I mean, that was really bad. I mean, he. I think he had a receiver in, on a slant, and he just he threw it behind him. He gets picked off easily. Um yeah, I believe it was Michelle Powell who right. came up with the pick, and it, he just jumped the route, and it wasn't even a well-placed ball. Right. Um, it just there was just multiple plays that made you scratch your head. Michigan State just came out flat, and it was it was disappointing because how much energy there was. It was the 2013 Rose Bowl reunion. You had to put, like every, really pretty much loud. everybody from that 2013 team was back. Connor Cook, Trey right. Wayne's, Dark West Denard, uh, Langford was back. Le'Veon was there. He wasn't even on the damn team, and he was yeah. there. Um, like. Everybody was there. Coach D'Antonio was on the sideline. There was excitement in the crowd. You could feel the energy. They played Thunderstruck. They played Thunderstruck coming out of the tunnel. We were, Sloak and I were yeah. on the photo deck because they had um, too many, like, I forget uh, how Washington Nash, Radio. Yeah, uh, National Radio. Call. Whatever. Yeah. And uh, we still appreciate uh, MSU Athletic Comms mm-hmm. finding us a spot down on the photo deck. And I was excited because being outside, we were completely outside, which meant we could f- hear the crowd better. We could feel the energy. So, And we were closest to the end zone, the north end zone where the team runs out of with the mm-hmm. tunnel. And you saw them coming out and you heard them play Thunderstruck and you saw players like jumping up and down. Usually, you know, they're calm and collected when they run out of the tunnel. And it looked like this team's got some energy. Like, let's go see if they punch Washington in the mouth. And the opposite happened. Yeah. Obviously, the offense had a solid, they got a first down early on the opening drive and then they took a sack and then the drive kind of fizzled out. And then immediately there was a 40-yard pass from Michael Penix, and that, open, and that just yeah. completely, I mean, there was a lot. It just I, went I, downhill from there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, this defense hasn't progressed at all. Um, it's it's unfortunate because I thought the, I thought the secondary would be much, well, I wouldn't say much better, but improved this year. 
and I think it's just the same old stuff from what we've seen the last two years. Um, and yeah, as well as far as the offense goes, look, the offensive line's still struggling. Uh, Nathan Carter, I like him a lot. Obviously, like you said, he didn't have a lot of room to run. Right. Um, but it yeah. just the defense was so weird because there are some players that showed some. Number one, my biggest issue was Washington's O line is great. Michael Penix had all day to throw, yeah. and Michigan State refused to blitz because. I didn't notice that. They, they sent four. It was a four-man that. rush every time, which, okay, I guess, because of, you know, you want seven guys in coverage. But the problem was, if you're going to drop seven guys in coverage, why are these players that wide open? Why mm-hmm. are these Washington? And I understand they're super talented, but the tackling was atrocious. Um, the player that really struggled that stood up to me was Cal Halliday. He, he had a really bad game. Look, he yeah. missed quite a few tackles, which he's supposed to be one of the better tacklers right. on this team. Darius Snow was back. Um, he was fine. Like I didn't notice him get burned too many times, but just felt like it, yeah. I thought he would have made a bigger difference being back as a leader on that defense. Uh, something I found interesting is Cal Halliday has allowed the second most catches and yards among Big Ten linebackers in coverage this year, and he's on pace to allow 440 yards passing and eight touchdowns by him just in his own coverage, which is uh, yeah. bottom. He's ranked in coverage. He's ranked 211th out of 225 Power 5 linebackers like he's and you can see it he's just not a cover line he's not a coverage linebacker he's your old school run stuffing middle linebacker and the fact that they always have him in coverage sometimes covering wide receivers like Jalen McMillan is just beyond me and that's just comes down to the coaching staff I agree um and look I I like Cal a lot he's a really good dude um at media days he's really really good interview and you know he's struggling right now um and I think we've seen like the last couple years um you know he's struggling past coverage I think it's just gotten even worse this year and I, I do agree, Matt. It does come down to coaching. Like you can't put a player like that in, the, in that spot. You have to. Uh, co- the job of the coach is to put your, your players in the best position to succeed. And I don't think. And I think on the flip side of that, as somebody who should right. be getting more playing time, is true freshman Jordan Hall. He's yeah. been really he's, good. He's played. He had that tip on that on the uh, Polk touchdown. Uh, that was just unfortunate, that. but. Paul had a, or um, uh, Jordan Hall made a good play on that. that, that, that yeah, it's just say, very Hall, Hall made the play. Uh, yeah. That just that play for those that missed that it. Was uh, Penix threw a slant over the middle. It was deflected in the air by Jordan Hall. Jalen Polk ran underneath it and caught it. And, and just then pers- horrible tackling. And horrible tackling. I, I think there was like six or seven I think missed tackles. At least on that play. three or four were missed as he walked into the end zone. I, I think that made it twenty-one nothing. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that play like encapsulates Michigan State football the last two years, I think. <laughs> yes. And um, so, but Jordan Hall's been great in coverage. So he's the tenth highest graded linebacker in the Big Ten according to PFF, twenty seventh among Power Five linebackers, and he is a coverage grade of seventy nine and a half, which is eighth in all Power Five. Like he's been great in coverage. There were a couple times I think in the Central game where he made a couple of nice plays in coverage, covering wide receivers even. Um, He's a young linebacker. He's only played 63 snaps. He's played right. 25 and 24 against Richmond and Washington, played 14 against Central. I want him to get more playing time. I agree. He's a stud. He's a four-star coming out of the IMG Academy, and he is showing why he's so highly touted. As a freshman, he has looked the part and, in these first three games. And I, I, just, I want to see him get more playing time, and especially with the year like we might be headed on here with Michigan State, Like try and get the guys that are showing promise as much playing time as possible. Obviously, with the Mel Tucker situation, a lot of players decided to sit out and not play Jalen Sami and Tumi's Adelea are the two players that stood out to me on the defensive side of the ball that did not play. Um, and they weren't hurt in last week's game against uh, Richmond, as far as I know, which tells me those both those players were transfer players that they might be sitting out due to Mel Tucker no longer being the head coach, which 
all power to them. I understand what right. them making that decision. But if players are gonna be sitting out, obviously when Mel Tucker is officially fired, the transfer portal opens up for 30 days and anybody can leave without penalty. So it'll be interesting to see who leaves. Obviously, some of the players that sat out last week. Well, this is going to be a decent amount, I, unfortunately. I think there I mean, are. I think there is going to be a decent amount, but at the same time, this I football. Pray to God it's not Jordan Hall. I, I, I mean, he Jordan is I, very I, good. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope he sticks around. I hope he sticks around. I hope Mangum sticks around. I hope Dylan Tatum sticks around. There's a lot of young players. I hope stick around. League mm-hmm. Spencer. Um, and that's good news that a lot of those players stuck around and played last weekend, so that gives me hope that they're going to continue to play. Uh, I'm interested to see if any more players sit out tomorrow against Maryland, but we'll have to wait and see. I think that's going to do it for the Washington segment of this show. Just I think. too depressing let, to talk let, about. Let, let's, you know. let's look forward to Maryland as, you know, I don't know how much it'll be better because Maryland loves to throw the football. Talia Tagovailoa. Really good quarterback. Uh, Talia Tagovailoa is a very good quarterback. He has thrown for over 300 yards in both of his career games against the Spartans. Uh, last year in a, in a last year in a hurricane at Siku Stadium in College Park. And then two years ago in the middle of November against the Spartans. Michigan State won two years ago. They lost last year at Maryland. Uh, for those that don't remember, a lot of special teams mistakes. I think they missed... One field goal was blocked, one was missed wide left, and one of the PATs, I believe, or was it another field? They had like the special teams last week against last year against Maryland was atrocious. Um, I don't think it can get any worse this year. The special teams has actually looked pretty solid, at least the kicking team. Yeah. Punting, it's tough to grade the punting team because it's not Bryce Berenger out there, so you can't really flip the field, uh, which would have helped a lot last week against Washington. But yeah, so tomorrow, Michigan State hosts Maryland, homecoming, 330 kickoff on WDBM. I'll be on the call with Zach Slowick. I'll be doing play-by-play. He will be on color this week. Michigan State has won three straight homecoming games. Last year, they were able to pull out a double double overtime against Wisconsin. That game wasn't real, by the way. That game was not real. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Two years ago, they played against Western Kentucky, took care of business. 2019, I believe they beat Indiana, Uh, Michael Penix, um, they won in that one. So, yeah, they have won the last three homecoming games. Maryland hasn't won any slanting since 1950. The Terps Terps have beaten Michigan State twice since joining the Big Ten. Last year in Maryland, and then in 2016, when Michigan State went 3-9, they also won that one in College Park. So Spartans have had pretty good success against Maryland, especially at home. Uh, they have that going for them. But like I said, Talia Tagovailoa has thrown for 300-plus in both career games against the Spartans. and Corey Deitches, the tight end, one of the top tight ends in the country. I believe he's first in yardage among tight ends and second in catches. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a uh, Jashawn Jones. There's a lot of weapons on this Maryland team. So, um, yeah, Jay, another, you, you, another team that likes to air it out. Um, and I honestly don't expect much different. I think it'll be much closer than Washington, but they're going to be giving up a lot of yards like they did last week. I, I unfortunately, I, want, I have to say that because Tully is a, a guy that. He's he's the best quarterback in Maryland history. He's he's really good. Um, and it's it's gonna be tough. Uh, there's se- Michigan State's a seven and a half point dog. We'll get to the picks later. But look on homecoming. I mean, what, like you want to win, but like Maryland's. I, I mean, this is this is like the early Mar- like week four Maryland. I feel like this is like before they start to fall apart. This is a tough team right now. We're, so we're gonna find out. Maryland comes into this one 3-0. They beat Towson week one, took care of business against them, beat Charlotte week two. Last week, they have an extra day of rest at Michigan State. They played last week Friday at home against Virginia. It's their first time traveling this year, coming to his first road game of the year. Talia Tagovailoa likes to throw it. Roman yeah. Hemby, Antoine Littleton, Colby McDonald, all capable running backs, but obviously the passing game is the, you know, 
catalyst for this offense. Right. That's their, what they're known for, spreading it out. Uh, Talia Tagovailoa averaging just under 300 yards a game, five touchdowns and two interceptions on the year. I I don't know. I think I was very upset after the team's performance against Washington last week um, on Green and White last week Sunday. I got into a little bit of an argument with uh, our sports director, Zach Sardenik, and A.J. Evans, who's our editor, about the performance, just the energy level. Regardless of what the team looked like, you know, the results-wise, there was just no energy last week, right? The team looked flat. Was, yeah. they, they were on their heels the entire game. They looked game. completely unprepared. Um, you know, and, and with it, Mel Tucker leaving, I mean, it's kind of understandable, right. but there's no there's no excuse. Which is why I said, you know what? That is unacceptable to come out and play like that, but I'll give you the one week because of everything that happened last week. But this week, being homecoming, and after getting punched in the mouth last week, now you've kind of had a nor- week of normalcy. They have to come out and just show some sort of life because if they if they don't, I don't even know why they come back out and play the rest of the season. If they're going to play like that every week because it's just not worth it. Um, I'm interested to see what the crowd looks like tomorrow because it is homecoming. But the crowd was electric last week, and then it was gone by halftime for obvious reasons. And I don't blame any of the fans for leaving early, but more so, how do you expect the fan base to come back out? Like, right. I mean, the only, only exception is it's homecoming. So we'll see, uh, and it'll be a beautiful day. I think at the kick kickoff is going to be like 75 degrees tomorrow. Um, be a beautiful day for football. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see, but I'm I am interested too because I mean that that performance last week was completely unacceptable. Um, the place wasn't even sold out last week, but the the energy was great. Um, you know from the booth from press row, the crowd was really loud. Um, and it's just disappointing that the team kind of showed up like that. It was just, it was just it was just a poor effort, like you said, Matt. Um, I am interested to see how this team comes out and plays this week because. You know, with all the stuff that's happened, I mean, like you said, there's no, really no excuse now. You, you got you got to show some energy this week on homecoming. You got all your alumni coming back. I think it's time to show a little bit more effort. So, so I I I, I really hope there's we see some, an improvement yeah. from last week. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, let's you know take a step back now. Let's look at the national picture of this week. Big week, Michigan oh, State. Yeah. Uh, top six, top twenty-five matchups. As I said earlier, um, the one I'm most excited for. Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks hosting Coach Prime and the Colorado that, Buffaloes oh at man, 3.30. Uh, Ohio State, probably the true game of the week is Ohio State heading over to South Bend. I think I think that's technically heading north to South Bend, northwest. Yep. Doesn't matter. Um, heading to South Bend, Sam Hartman coming out party. I think that's yes. what we're going to see. But uh, that one's at 7.30 on NBC following the Michigan State game. But you don't have to worry about flipping or staying on the same channel because you'll be listening <laughs> to Michigan right. State on WDBM. Uh, Florida State it heads to Clemson um, at noon tomorrow. Uh, the 3.30 slot is filled with games. I believe at 3.30 you have Oregon, Colorado, Ole Miss, Alabama. UCLA, Utah. UCLA, Utah. I think that's it. And then you have Michigan State, Maryland on NBC as well. Um, right. So definitely the fourth game yeah. on the slate. But obviously for those you got to watch your team. And then gotta... for the nightcap, you got Iowa-Penn State for the whiteout. Um, good Big Ten matchup there, and obviously Ohio State and Notre Dame yep. should be really fun. Iowa being Michigan State's opponent next week. Yeah. It'll be fun. We'll be in Iowa City. I, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Kinnick, Kinnick Stadium at night. I've heard a lot of good things. It's their, um, it's it their, should be fun. It's their blackout game. We'll it's have, their blackout game, yeah, really. We'll have a little bit more on that in a second. So, um, Jay, we'll start with this. We'll break down a couple of these games. Just what's your favorite game on the slate? I mean, obviously, I mean, the boring pick, you got to go Ohio State, Notre Dame. Uh, Sam Hartman versus Kyle McCord. I mean, we're going to find a lot about Kyle McCord in this game. Um, you know, he's, he's, he, had, he had a good game against Youngstown. I mean, obviously, the first game against Indiana, he looked a little sluggish, but he was named the starter. 
and obviously Sam Hartman. Uh, you're you're a big Sam Hartman believer. I am too. Um, this is his coming out party. Uh, we'll get to the picks later, but I'm a big Notre Dame believer in this game. So then obviously Coach Prime against Bo Nix. I honestly, I'm I mean, so upset. Bo Nix at home. I'm really excited to watch. I'm that, so, so upset that game is at three thirty. Um, just have it on your computer as a little background. Oh God, I, I might honestly. I don't know. We'll uh, it's a little difficult when I'm calling the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but obviously and during a TV timeout, like. That but. game, I'm just excited because Colorado has been the the biggest story. Yeah. I'm kind of annoyed of it, especially after what happened it at Colorado State. Too much. Just like this, like obviously, Autzen Stadium, Oregon's home field gets really loud, one of the loudest places in the country, and it's going to be packed this weekend, obviously, for Colorado coming to town. And so, Colorado, like every other team that goes to Oregon, plays the Oregon fight song. And plays crowd music and crowd noise during practice. They walk around some schools, Michigan State, when they went to Oregon back in 2014, walked around with um, leaf blowers. Like, because it gets loud in that stadium. So just trying to create, emulate that effect. And I saw some reporter saying, look at Coach Prime doing this for Colorado's practice. And I'm like, everybody does this. Everybody, like, like, Coach Prime. And then obviously, I love Twitter uh, for the (laughs) app that it is of people like, they use game regulation balls. Coach Prime making the difference. I love that because yeah. just the Coach Prime and Colorado glazing, especially it's, the it's, last it's two weeks. Really bad like, right now. I, and I don't, I don't really blame Colorado themselves because they're just doing their thing. Yeah. They're playing with the confidence that they want to go with. Um, some of the stuff I think, like Shadur Sanders, kind of gets on my nerves when he talks about like some of the disrespect stuff, and then he goes out and tries to poke a Colorado State's players eyes out. Um, but overall, like they're just doing their thing. They're a confident team. Um, they get their first true test this weekend because TCU is not a great team. Going into TCU, right. it's a good win, uh, especially to start the year. But Nebraska and Nebraska's Colorado State, terrible. Nebraska and Colorado State are not good. Like, like I, Nebraska's quarterback Sims. I mean, Jeff Sims let's, let's turn the ball over again. He Je- just turned it Je- over. Jeff so. Sims might be the worst quarterback in the Big Ten. Ethan Kalmanakis might be worse, but uh, both not good. I think Florida State at Clemson will be fun. Uh, I think it'll be the death of Clemson football death of it in air quotes because they're still a good program um but what they were under Dabo Sweeney I think is coming to an end we saw that against Duke a couple weeks ago um and I think Florida State's gonna come in and take care of business they struggled with Boston College last week but the weather was less than ideal I think they were playing like some giant storm up in the northeast probably yeah I think they they take care of business I want to go back to Coach Prime because did you see this like he powered he power ranked his own children yeah that's that's, that's a bold strategy like Okay, like I understand, like you know, it's your children, but like, really, like, I just I feel like that's just a little weird. I don't know. Where do you think you sit on your parents' power rankings of oh, you and Will DeCoster? Eh, probably. Do you think you're one? Two. You, th- you think you're two? That, well, I mean, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, Will DeCoster's not listening to this, but I am number one. So okay, you are number one, Jay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm top two. Yeah. I, for the record, there's yeah. I only have one brother, but, but yeah. I don't know my parents. I don't know. We'll see. I'll ask them. They're coming up later. I get to see them later yeah, before they listen. Mike Merrifield, uh, who's who's the number one kid? We'll but come back. Zach Sloak has multiple siblings, so I would love to know where he ranks on that totem pole. Uh, but the bottom line is, Coach Prime. Look, I like Coach Prime. I think he once he, once he leaves Colorado, I think he gets a big time job. I think he leaves Colorado. Yes, interesting. Colorado's a stepping stone program. I've okay. I said it. I mean, yeah, it's not like a prime. It's not yeah, a premier yeah, program. Yeah, I just yeah, don't know yeah. where he would go. I think. I mean, well, I mean, if if Nick Saban retires, I think he goes think, to he we'll goes see, to I Bama. Think Saban's got a couple, but maybe that's a conversation for a different day. But the bottom line is, I like Coach Prime, but I think the glazing is a little too much, little excessive. But yeah. hey, whatever. All right, time for the pick'em. 
Oh boy. Presented by the Merrifield Sportsbook. Pretty much all the games we just talked about are on this pick'em. Uh big pick'em this week. Last week, the last two weeks we've had it'll be five games. This week it's three, four, five, uh, eight games. Yeah, I think it's eight or I think it's eight because you have the Michigan State game and then all the top twenty-five matchups. Oh, this, this slate is so loaded. It's, it's just an wait. awesome slate. But we'll start off with the one here in East Lansing. Three thirty kick on WDBM, Maryland at Michigan State. The Spartans are seven and a half point underdogs. Jay, what do you have? You know what? I mean, I'm going to take Maryland to win this game, unfortunately. Uh, I know MSU hasn't lost a homecoming game in a long time. I do like MSU to cover that seven point half point spread. If they don't cover, I mean, that would be very disappointing. I, th- I think it does end up being a close game in this one. Uh, uh, I think there's just more effort, like you said. I-, I expect more effort out of this team, especially after last week. i got to be honest. Seven and a half points is, puts me in a spot where I think either Michigan State wins outright or I think they don't cover. Okay. And I'm going to lean they don't cover. So I'm going to take the Terps this weekend. I hope I'm wrong for obvious reasons. Right. Uh, I don't want to see Michigan State lose on homecoming, but I'm going to take the Terps in this one. I forgot to add how we're going to start doing the pick is I forgot to say the standings. I am 6-4 and four in the year. Slowak is also 6-4. and four. Jay, you were pulling in the rear at 4-6. and six. I'm not good at gambling. How so. we are going to do it. This isn't gambling advice for those at home. Just <laughs> fair warning. 1-800-GAM um, if you have a problem. Shout out Trent Bailey. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem. <laughs> Um, how we're going to start doing it is if you get one of the picks right, you get a point, obviously. And we're gonna, we are adding this week our lock of the week, right. which is a game that's not on the slate on the five or eight games later, how many picks we have, and it's worth two. So we're going to give our locks of the week at the very end. But right now, Slowak and I are in the lead. So Jay and Slowak take Michigan State. I take Maryland. Game number two on the slate, noon kick, Florida State, number four in the country, heading down to Death Valley. Not the real Death Valley. The real Death Valley is LSU. Uh, but Florida State at Clemson. Clemson, two-point two underdogs. I, I I agree with you. I think this is the death of Clemson football. Um, I think Dabo, I'm not really a Dabo fan. I think he's a good coach, but uh, not not this not this time. I'm taking Florida State. I think you know they're, they're still for real. I know they struggled against Boston College last week on the road in a in a almost a, it was it was a nasty storm. But I like I like FSU in this game. Um, is Jordan Travis like what's the status on him for this game? Do you know? I think he's healthy. I, don't, I haven't I mean, seen anything yeah, to believe he, he isn't playing. He should be healthy and ready to go. Um, <laughs> Keon Coleman, I just I just love that team. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm taking Florida State. So I'm taking Florida State as well. Slowick is taking Florida State as well. Right. He texted me his picks for the day, so we'll be able to keep him updated <clears> as well. Yeah, I think Florida State takes care of business. I think two points is low, and I can see why this game might be a trap, but in all honesty, I don't see how they don't take care of business. Just two points. I pretty much just have to win this game, and I think they do. Um, so yeah, give me Florida State. Uh, game number two, three thirty on CBS, I believe. It's number fifteen Ole Miss traveling to Tuscaloosa to take on number thirteen Alabama. Alabama struggled last week against Southern Florida. Obviously, lost two weeks ago to Texas. They're six and a half point favorites over the Rebels from Ole Miss. I like. Oh man, I mean, I just don't know what to think of Bama. Um, they struggled last week against. They were playing USF, right? Yeah, on the road. It yeah. was kind of a weird. It, they had a weather delay. Yeah, uh, they started Tyler Buckner. He did not finish the game. I believe Jalen Milrow has been announced to be the starter again. Right. And that's not great. I'm not really a big Jalen Milrow fan, but I do think this is the game they kind of bounce back here um, against Ole Miss at home. I think I think Bama covers that six and a half point spread. I think six and a half points is too many points. Um, I'm gonna go with Ole Miss. Okay. Ole Miss historically is a team that plays Bama well. Yeah, and. Obviously, Lane Kiffin, a former assistant of Nick Saban, but 
And historically, assistants under Nick Saban struggle against them. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to take Ole Miss to cover the six and a half. Slowick took Ole Miss as well. So JDC taking Bama. Roll Tide. Roll I guess. Tide. I guess, yeah. So, all right, let's move on to the 3.30 game on Fox. Number 22, UCLA traveling to Utah to take on the Utes. Utah, five and a half point favorites in this one. Well, Cameron Rising is is playing in this game. Um, they just announced it yesterday. Um, is, he is playing. He is. Interesting. Um, according to Brett McMurphy. So, uh, this is tough. I, I'm going to go Utah in this spot. Um, I like Cameron Rising a lot. I think he's... I mean, he was he was a good reason why for, why they were successful last year. Um, so I mean, uh, UCLA is a solid a solid team, but I got Utah. I like Utah. Rising having not played yet this right. year kind of scares me. Uh, I think this will be a high scoring game. Yeah, Dante Moore. I think is going to show Dante why Moore, he's yeah, one he's... was the second. I think he was the second quarterback in this class because of Arch Manning. Um, so I'm going to go UCLA. I think they've looked really good. I I think they cover the spread. I don't know if they win five and a half points is a lot of points. Kind of like mm-hmm. the Ole Miss situation. So I'm going to take UCLA to cover the six and a half, or five and a half, excuse me. Slowick took UCLA as well. So that's two picks in a row now where Slowick and I are dating JDC. Uh, we'll see how that really plays bad or really good. Jay, Jay could catch up in those two <laughs> games alone. We'll see. Uh, my favorite game of the week, number 19, Colorado. Yes. Coach Prime Going travels to Autzen, Eugene, Oregon, to take on number 10, Oregon, and the Fighting Bo Nixes. Oregon. 21 point favorites in this one. I'm going to have you go first because I, I've been debating this game all week. This That's is a lot of tough. points. It is a lot. But man, I. You saw what Colorado did against Colorado State. I, I mean, do, that was. I, that was I think. Bad. I mean, I guess last week it's tough for me to say they were looking ahead because Colorado State's a rivalry game. College game day was there. Like, they couldn't look ahead because of how much spotlight's on them each and every week. Um, I, I got it. I'm, I'm going with Oregon. I, I think Vegas knows. Because yeah. early on in the year, they were tw- I think they were twenty. Colorado was twenty one point underdogs against TCU, but I don't think they knew what to expect out of Colorado. Yeah. They know now, and I think that's there for a reason. Take the over. I think the over under seventy. Over. I take the over in that game. I, I would too. Um, but yeah, give me give me the Ducks. I am going to go the Ducks as well. Homebo Knicks is very 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 good. So I'm going to lean to the towards the Ducks here. Um, I know you're a huge Bo Knicks fan. I also like Bo Knicks as well. Um, I think. Oregon is also a perennial Pac-12 contender, maybe a CFP contender. Um, Colorado's a nice story. Like, you know, the glazing might be a little too much here, but I'm going to go Oregon. And their schedule for Oregon doesn't get any easier. Next week, they host USC in Boulder. Uh, That'll be an interesting game to watch, but obviously Caleb Williams is uh, the quarterback in college football right now, so it'll be interesting to see. Former Bear, or future Bear, Caleb Williams. Uh, No, Bo Nix is a future Bear. (laughs) Uh, but anyways, uh, but yeah, we'll see what Colorado is really made of in these next two weeks. Um, this might be my second favorite game on the slate or third um, underrated game out in the Pac-12. I love how of the six top 25 matchups, three of them are in the Pac-12. And fantastic. this one's fun, too, because it's the only two remaining Pac-12 teams this time next year. Oregon State, number 14 in the country, heads out to Pullman, Washington, the middle of nowhere to take on number 21, Wazoo. Washington State, Wazoo. Washington State two weeks ago beat Wisconsin, who's, I believe, 19th in the country at the time, by nine at home. Tough place to play in Pullman. It Night is. game, 7.30. I believe it's the 7.30 game on Fox. Um, so, so. so, yeah, Oregon State at Washington State. Who you got, I'm going to go Oregon State in this one. Um, look, I mean, b- being Wisconsin was, I guess, sort of impressive. I'm not really big on Wisconsin this year. So, I mean, take what you will with that. But 
I'm going to go Oregon State in this spot. I like DJ Ungle. I think he's been much better this year. Um, so I'm going to roll with Oregon State in this spot. Interesting. Uh, Slowick last game took Colorado. He took Colorado over Oregon. He said it was right. too many points. He is taking Oregon State yeah. in this one. I like Oregon State a lot. Yeah. But Washington State's such a tough place to play, and they're such an experienced team. Cameron Ward, their quarterback, I think is the most underrated quarterback in the Pac-12. He doesn't get talked about right. enough. I'd put him ahead of Cam Rising. I He might be better than DJ Ugole. It's kind of a toss-up between the two both very talented quarterbacks. Right. Uh, I'm taking Wazoo just because of the home team. Um, so I think I like them a lot. Uh, so, yeah, give me the Cougars to win at home. Now back to Big Ten football. Number 24, Iowa travels to Happy Valley taking out number seven Penn State in the whiteout game. Penn State 15-point favorites in this one over the Hawkeyes. Jay, who you got? In the whiteout, that's a very, 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 very tough place to play. Um, I, obviously, I've said on this podcast a lot, I love Penn State this year. Drew Aller's a very good quarterback. Alex Singleton, I'm going to roll with Penn State in this spot. Um, Iowa, that Iowa offense, look, I mean, are they going to score over 25 points or Brian Ferentz gets fired? So. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to roll. They, they scored State. 41 last week against wow. Western, Western Michigan. Congratulations! Who and they like, per, like they score points late. They like purposely punched it in with like 20 seconds left because they yeah. need the points because Brian Ferentz knows that his job is on the line. Yeah. Um, He's getting canned. Penn State's defense is for real. I don't see Iowa scoring things. more than six points yeah. unless like Drew Aller turns the ball over and they get a defensive score. And Penn State lost a lot of NFL talent last year and they're, for last still, year, and they're still insane. They're still stacked. Um, and, and Alex Singleton, who's not even the starting running back, I just found that out. I mean, they're, they're just, they're loaded. They're loaded. I love Drew Aller too. Uh, I got Penn State. I mean, wide out, Penn so. State last week, they won 30 to 13 over Illinois on mm-hmm. the road. Yep. Yep. Um, now 15 point favorites. Against, I think Iowa and Illinois are pretty similar. I don't think Iowa's a top 25 team in the country. Um, their offense just isn't there. I think the defense will take care of business, and Iowa will score. I mean, Penn State will get to 24 points, I think, regardless of what happens. Uh, so, yeah, give me Penn State to cover the 15. That's a clean sweep for us, all taking the Nittany Lions. Now, college game day is heading to South Bend. The oh, Pat McAfee show is and South Bend right now covering um, Ohio that. State, number six in the country, <clears throat> travels to number nine, Notre Dame. Had a it was twenty one ten the final last year in Columbus, Notre Dame three point underdogs tomorrow night. Who you got, Jay? I got Notre Dame at home. Uh, Sam Hartman, I think, is one of the transfers of this year. Um, I would say, I don't, I wouldn't say. Do you think he's a Heisman candidate? Oh, I, yeah, he's uh, right now. I think he's fourth yeah, in odds. Definitely, like I mean, he he looks like the real deal so far. Um, at home at night and South Bend, tough place to play. I got Notre Dame in this game, and and, and, North, and Ohio State's also a very tough team. But Kyle McCord, I just don't know what I, I just don't know what I see out of him yet. Um, I mean, they've looked solid. They did not look yeah. very good against Indiana the last two not. weeks. Youngstown State and Western Kentucky, they looked better. I just um, don't know about them yet. Um, I just don't know. And for Notre Dame, they haven't played a tough schedule either. They played Navy, they played Tennessee State, they played Central Michigan last week, who gave them a little bit of a game. And I'm missing one because they played in Week Zero. Uh, they played NC State on the road. They right. took care of They won by 21 in that game. Yeah. Offense looks great. They scored 40 points in each of their games, which I don't know if they've ever done that. They'd scored 40 points in their first three games for the first time since 1932, so it's been longer than that since they've done it in four straight games. I don't know if they'll get to 40 against Ohio State's defense because Ohio State's defense looks very good. Right. Um, but I think the run game, Audrey Estime is a very talented back, one of the best in the country. Right. I like Notre Dame. Slowak took Notre Dame as well, so it's a clean sweep for us with the Fighting Irish. I just think they get done wearing the all green, 
which I'm not actually well, a fan. I'm I not like a, the all green. I, I like the lie. all green, but for this game, like Ohio State and Notre Dame have two of the most classic looks in college football. I wish they were wearing their traditional right. uniform just for simply of watching it on TV. It just it looks awesome. But the all green still looks cool, and the crowd will be wearing all green, which will be cool too. So. Also, I know uh, not a lot of Michigan State fans like Notre Dame, but I love their fight song. I'm not gonna oh, lie. Oh, their fight song is oh, best, in, is best, best in the country. Oh, it's great. No, no doubt about that. So, yeah, I can't wait. That uh, this is obviously the best game, and Sam Harmon's about the ball. Can't wait. So. Yeah. So now let's get into our locks of the week for this one, Jay. Who is your lock of the week? And this one, if you get it right, is two points, and it cannot be on our docket. So. Um, so it can't be on, on these. It can't on be one list. of the games we've already picked. Okay. Um, I have to go through this real quick. All right. So I, I'll, I'll give Slowak's real quick. Slowak, okay. his lock of the week is Rutgers covering the 24 yeah. at Michigan. I like that pick a lot, lot actually. Um, I think Michigan's going to take care of business. Jim Harbaugh being back, but Rutgers has looked very good. So I can see that one covering and I don't hate the pick. Uh, my lock of the week is Miami, Florida. They are heading to Pittsburgh, Penn, no, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Philadelphia to take on Temple. Temple Owls. They are, yeah. The Owls are not very good. No, no. Um, Miami is 24, 24 and a half point favorites in that one. Right. Uh, give me the minus 24 over the Temple Owls. Uh, so that's my lock of the week. Jay, have you found your lock yes, of the week? I'm going to go with... Oh man, I'm gonna go in this Colorado uh, Oregon game. I'm gonna go the over in this okay. one. Okay, that's allowed. You can make that over under picks if you'd like. Okay. So over. over, you're going over. What's the over? Uh, seventy and a half, I believe. Seventy and a half. Because I mean, you got Shadur Sanders and Bo Nix, uh, two of the, uh, two of the best. One of the best. Bo Nix is one of the best in college football. I think Shadur Sanders is rising up those rankings uh, very fast. So I I can't wait to watch that game. Uh, if, if I'm gonna be able to impress Row, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So Jay's just gonna be out. Jay's gonna be out here just not even paying attention. No. He'll, he'll probably get Faith to live tweet it so he can just you know stare oh, off into space. No, he'll be like, I'll get the recap done when it needs to be done. Bad journalism. Bad. You know, I'm sure you won't be the only beat member in the press box. Maybe hopefully you, they maybe, have. I mean, if because the uh, Spartan Stadium press box has a bunch of TVs by the the by the by the Coke station or the, oh, the drink station. I, I love the Pepsi and station. I know. I know that. Game will be on, and I will be locked into that we're, whenever I'm getting my Pepsi for the third straight time. So. We're, we're back in the press box this weekend for the broadcast, which I'm excited for because I'm very close. I have very close access, open yes. access to yes. the Pepsi station. Um, I have way more Pepsi than I should, but it's free. So, anyways, right. and maybe you can Rico can watch the Oregon game or something. I'll, I'll give him. A, I'll talk to him about it. So. Cooney uh, or Beard, whichever <laughs> one. Um, anyways, um, yeah. So. All right, I said slow lock, right? He's got Rutgers. Yeah, I have Rutgers, Rutgers, Rutgers. Rutgers, oh, betting on Rutgers. Jim Harbaugh coming back. Oh God, they can run the football. They can run the football. And uh, two years ago, I believe it was last time Rutgers went to Ann Arbor, they gave Michigan a game, and I, I believe it was early in the year like this. That, yeah. Um, so and Michigan hasn't been tested yet, and they've looked solid. But JJ McCarthy struggled last they week. They have not covered a spread yet. They are not. Good teams win. Great teams cover. That's right. So we will find out how great Michigan is against Rutgers. Um, but yeah, so. I think that's going to do it for us today. Make sure to follow along tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, SRZ pregame show for the football game starts at 3 o'clock here on WDBM. Kickoff against the Maryland Terrapins is at 3.32 officially, I believe. Make sure to tune in to WDBM East Lansing as Zach Slocan and I are on the call for that one. Follow along with Jay 
as he and Faith will be providing coverage, live tweeting, and written stories after the game. You can find all that on our website. And make sure to tell your friends about the podcast. You can find Spartan Red Zone on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and impact89fm.org slash sports or anywhere else you get your podcast. Thank you all for listening. Once again, make sure to tune in at 3.30 tomorrow for Spartans versus Terrapins here on WDBM. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you all have a great homecoming.